From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello guys and welcome to episode 35. Um, I think we're almost halfway through, a bit more halfway yep. through the season. Eight episodes in, so yeah, I so hope you're all caught up. You absolutely. have work to do if you're not. <laughs> if you haven't, you need to do that. All the music, all the good stuff you can share, you need to make sure you're caught up. Yeah. Um, remember that if you're watching us on YouTube to subscribe on iTunes, please rate us on all the platforms possible. Follow, like, and all give us that. one share on one of your socials, yes, please, please, so that, that somebody us. else can discover us as well. Absolutely. And with that, straight into the news, right? Okay. So <laughs> in the news, the Food and Drugs Board uh, in December ordered the withdrawal of 16 brands of tomato paste from the market. And according to the press release, those brands in question were found to contain both starch and erythrocene. Now, erythrocene is a chemical component of what is actually called red number three. So it's a artificial color. And um, now the two issues that led to the recall are one, uh, the labels did not indicate the presence of either starch or coloring um, in, in the products. And two, uh, these products no longer conform to the Ghana standard for tomato paste, which does not allow starch and color additives mm -hmm. to the tomato paste, which is a good thing, actually. So it contravened both uh, the standards for tomato paste and contravened the labeling laws which require all contents in a product to be listed on the label. Um, so I do again commend the uh, Food and Drugs Board because I didn't think they were on top of things to mm -hmm. this extent. Apparently they uh, randomly test products on a regular basis and they had tested 70 uh, different brands of tomato paste and uh, in, in doing so found out that these 16 no longer conformed to the food standards. Now, <clears throat> there are two problems here, I must say. One being that um, it, it, I would have liked to know how often they do this mm -hmm. and how many products they do this for. Because it would be nice to know that at least once a month or once a quarter or something like that, they test these products so we know that we're not eating garbage, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, all these things have to do is pass the testing once and, and then, then somewhere during the production process, they just start messing with things, which is, I believe, the case with these 16 brands of right, tomato right. paste. The other problem being, even though they announced the withdrawal, are they, where was the praxis? Did they actually go around to make sure that, you know, uh, suppliers and sellers actually removed the products from, from the, the shelves? Mm. And I have a very strong suspicion that they did not because... My mom ended up buying one of the tomato paste that oh. was on the list there. And I was looking at it and I was like, why does this seem familiar? I feel like I've mm -hmm. something about this. So I went and looked on the list and there it was. So I feel like, you know, they made people for, for the average seller or some woman in the market, 
she's already bought these things for sale. Mm, so if you're telling her to take them off the brush, she, she stands to lose for however many of those she bought and right. is trying to sell. Right. So people are not going to just voluntarily, out of the goodness of their heart, stop um, selling. And if you're in a position where, because I read about this online, mm -hmm. I don't know how much of a campaign they actually did to create awareness for people to actually know that these things are no longer safe. Mm -hmm. Because again, erythrocene has been indicated as possibly being carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's debatably safe. Um, so, you know, I, I'm wondering if they actually have agents going to the market to mm -hmm. make sure these things aren't on shelves anymore mm -hmm. and if all the people who need to know about this actually do know about this because yeah but I also, I also feel like if they do do that it means the market people are probably going to say well who's going to compensate me that's I, mm -hmm. I, I, I use I, I use the I use money to buy this from right. I get my money from if right. you can't guarantee me that I'm getting money I'm still going to sell it so you have you know it's 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 becomes a situation where there's no you know what there's no compelling reason for them, you know, who I mean, their bottom line is money. Yeah. They're not really in the. They're not here to look after your health for you. So you know, I think it's great that they announce and it's great that they're doing this. And I hope it's a consistent and regular thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I feel like more needs to be done in terms of they actually need to go with a van and a task mm -hmm. force kind of thing, mm -hmm. and get these products off the shelves because I'm sure somebody is busy eating jollof as we speak mm -hmm. that contains tomato paste with red coloring and starch yeah, in it so yeah, that's terrible. yeah so and two things i also want to say mm. that one a good thing would be to maybe monthly or i mean every two months regu regularly publish the, the a list of products that have been banned and should not be be sold and mm -hmm. let, let it be known all over that people right or have a place where we can, can go, go and, to, yeah, check and check each, that. each yeah, month yeah, or on a regular yeah, basis exactly. as opposed to a press release that shows up on Ghana web or wherever mm -hmm. I saw it. And it's not accessible to everybody. Exactly. You know, you people, know? not everyone goes online mm -hmm. or, again, I'm not sure if it was on the radio or what, because I don't really listen to the radio, but um, I feel like I almost missed it. And I'm sure that means other people, people yeah. you know, were, it was the same for them. Yeah. So. And the second, sorry, the second <clears throat> thing I wanted to say that this, um, there has, there have been, there have been news items on similar on other things. There was a time when they thought uh, Kobe was was there was was there was formaldehyde that they mm. used for Kobe. There was at the time they put the color in palm oil. And then there was oil. the tilapias that yeah. they went and dug out of uh, the pit it's just... and carted away, and people suspected they were going to be yeah. sold. Um, so these things are probably happening, but we don't know, mm -hmm. and nobody's really checking. So they really need to be to yeah be on top of more vigilant yeah, and yeah. again more informative generally, uh, so that we know what's up and can stay away from these things. Yeah. If they can't actually take the extra step of getting rid of them, at least we know don't buy that. And one. then we won't. Yeah, and, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's so yeah, that's yeah. my news. Yeah, All right. So mine in the news is on the disappearing donkeys in Waliwali. Wali. Now this is a serious issue. It sounds kind of jokey jokey, but it is a serious issue. Now the farmers in Waliwali Wali have been stressing over their donkeys because they're getting stolen. And uh, in 2012, the Waliwali Wali district um, approved the opening of an abattoir owned by a Chinese local called by a Chinese guy called Nicholas Liu or something. Now, if you didn't know, the donkey hide business is a million-dollar business. Huh. Because I was um, like, what do they need mm, these donkeys for? Yeah. Is it farming? Or? And it is estimated that there's a demand of 4.8 million donkey hides um, per year. 
Now, a jia or donkey hide glue is used by the Chinese for medicine and for treating illnesses. So it's in pretty high demand. Now, Waliwali is particularly attractive for this abattoir because of the donkey population there, but then also because of the neighboring countries, which also have a large donkey population. And initially, there was a lot of resistance to this because people knew that ah, their donkeys may probably be under attack. Mm. And the, the people were calmed down and told that no, they're only going to uh, get rid of old donkeys right. or sick donkeys. Obviously, this was not the case. And at some point, the factory did open in 2013, and um, they started slaughtering donkeys for about 20 to 40 per day, which increased by 70 at some point. Uh, by 2014, they were slaughtering 150 to 170 donkeys per day. That's, yeah, that's a lot, you know. Listen. <laughs> And then in mid two thousand, how many sick donkeys are there? The, 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 the thing is that they, they they stopped slaughtering just sick donkeys and started mm. slaughtering just normal healthy donkeys. And uh, by mid two thousand and fifteen, the slaughter rates had dropped. Now why had they dropped? Because there were no more donkeys. Because the donkeys were just yes, going yes, yes. Missing. missing. And they were being slaughtered. So what happened? The donkey traders and the donkey thieves start bringing donkeys in from Senegal, from Mali, oh from Burkina Faso. So again, the voices became louder that there needed to be something done. People's donkeys were being stolen. People who used donkeys for work right. had their donkeys stolen. So then in 2017, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture banned the export and slaughter of donkeys. Hmm. Eventually, Blue, uh, Blue Coast Abattoir, what's the name of the abattoir, closed down. But then recently, uh, there, there was um, uh, an investigative team, I think they're called Ox, Oxpecker or Oxpec. They went there, found out that Blue Coast Abattoir is now expanding its um, facilities. They've started, they, they claim to have renewed their licenses, have all their paperwork in, in, intact. And well, they, they want to start slaughtering donkeys again. Um, when they contacted the veterinary services, they told them that, well, they hadn't issued any licenses. So hmm. they really don't know where this was from. The guy in charge told the people that, well, this is the region of the of our vice president, so there's no way they'll be doing anything illegal. I said, yo, this is Ghana. Ghana hmm. we did. Ghana we did. And so, of course, you smell something fishy. But listen, at the end of the day, there are lots of problems with this kind of thing. First of all, the people who use donkeys for their livelihoods are going to suffer. People right. are getting their things stolen. People wake up and see that their donkeys have been skinned. It's just really, really mm. terrible. So the, the labor that the donkey is, is, is um, uh, for, for, it ends up being, you have to end up being manual. Exactly, manual. There, there have been reports that girls have, to, have had to drop out of school because, yeah, there are no more donkeys, so now they have to do the work. The second thing, people bringing in donkeys from other countries, you don't know what kind of diseases they're bringing exactly. in. Nobody is controlling it. Third thing, the donkeys are getting extinct. It's actually factual that the number of donkeys in the Waliwali district have reduced significantly. That's crazy. Right? First of all, I'd like to say, <laughs> I, I think this is just another example of there's so many industries in the country that we don't know about yeah, like the shocked. hemp growers thing yes, kind of surprised yes, me yes, and now yes. we have a whole donkey industry mm -hmm. like i i was shocked that. i didn't know this and you people know. are really people are really really upset because this like you said this it, is their livelihood yeah and then this is what's going to happen again the chinese come you you say that okay it's all good because they're offering jobs to the 
to the locals. But this is what the this is what's going to happen. The donkeys are going to go extinct. The jobs are going to go because the Chinese will pack up and go and to the next yes, reason exactly. They don't donkeys. care. They're here to make money and leave. They're not here. They don't care what what they leave behind because they know this is just one stop for them. Yeah, and when yeah. the donkeys are all gone, they'll move to maybe Senegal and, and pick up there and what whatnot. And again, it's just alarming and annoying that, you know, somebody, foreigners can just come and do whatever. Like, how are they able to maneuver so easily, mm -hmm. end up in mm -hmm. play obscure? I've never been to Wally Wally, mm -hmm. and yet somehow there's a Chinese factory yeah. there and they're organizing they know what they're the doing. theft of donkeys for illegal, like what on earth? No. It's terrible. I was so upset when I read this story because it just, I just couldn't like, how is this possible? How do you say it's just sick and old donkeys and then suddenly you're slaughtering old donkeys? Hundreds a day. It's how many donkeys get sick yeah, per day? How many donkeys are just, there for a hundred and it's or really however many upsetting. to be, to it's be really killed upsetting. per day? And I hope, I hope something is done about it. I mean, obviously the population of the donkeys has reduced. Now there's only so much you can do. And of course, we're not state. good at, you know, preservation things no. saying that, you know, we have to make sure they mate and create the next year. We don't know how to do those kind of things. So the next thing we'll hear, there's just no more donkeys and guns. And, and that's it. And I end up sorry. Yes. And now we import donkeys like we import tomatoes, chicken, rice, everything else. It's it's a really it's, upsetting story. I read it and I, I just couldn't believe it. It was so, so upsetting. And then you don't hear about these things no, either. No. Where could I have... Under normal circumstances, I probably wouldn't have. But then somehow it just popped up and I said, hmm. this is crazy. Yeah. This is insane. So that's my news. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to songs of the week, and I have three for you this week. And the first one is called "The Vow," and it's by Timmy Dacolo. And it's oh, actually my mom that put me onto this oh, song because I don't really auntie. know. His, I know. <laughs> I don't really know his music that well, although I do know his name. Um, so Timmy Dacolo is a Nigerian. Uh, but he was actually born in Ghana apparently because his mom is Ghanaian but he was raised in Port, Port Harcourt um, where he grew up singing in church and he, he rose to fame after winning the inaugural season of Idols West Africa so this was in 2007 after which um, he won a, a, contract, a record contract with uh, Sony BMG and um, he's currently, or I believe has been, a, a judge on The Voice Nigeria as well. So The Vow came out in 2016 and it's just a, a beautiful, it's, it's a, more like a traditional soul song. It actually reminds me of Lamar, I don't know if you know Lamar, who is also Nigerian, I think he's also Igbo, but he's British. Um, it kind of reminds me of his type of music, just kind of like a classic soul. And of course, Timmy Dapolo has an amazing voice, yeah, just absolutely amazing. stunning voice. And yeah, I really liked the song, so that's my first one, The Vow. Uh, my second one is by an artist called Cautious Clay. And the song is called Cold. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and the song is called Cold War. Uh, so, Cautious Clay is a 26 year old singer, songwriter, and multi instrumentalist. He plays saxophone, he plays guitar, he plays piano, I think he plays drums. And an all round genius. And he was born Joseph Carpe in Brooklyn. Now I looked up the name Carpe and it seems to be very popular in Liberia. So he could be, hey, he could be one of us, possibly. But again, he grew up in New York. So 
and graduated from George Washington University in 2015, which is in the DC area. And he actually worked in real estate and marketing for two years before dedicating himself to music full time. Uh, so Cold War is the first single off of the first EP he dropped, which is called Blood Type, and came out in 2018. And it's a very unique, I don't know how to describe it, I don't really know what genre of music it is, maybe electronic R&B, but I don't know, well that's why you go listen to it and you tell me what genre you think that is, but it's a great song, he's, he's just a very talented young man, I love his voice as well, so that's my second song, Cold War, and my third song is by Cranium, so I know if you like dancehall and reggae, you know who Cranium is. He's a 26-year-old Jamaican singer, uh, does reggae dancehall, and his name is Kumar, Kumar Donaldson, and he was born in Montego Bay, so not too far from where my mom is from, so yay, we're cousins, that's what I've decided, and uh, he moved to Miami and then to New York as a teenager, and signed to Atlantic Records and got his major boost with the song um, Nobody Has to Know, which I know a lot of you probably recognize, and that came out in 2013. And if you know uh, Cranium's music, you know he's noted for his very kind of sexy, sultry music. Um, and um, this song is called In Charge, and it came out in December of 2019, so just in time for the Christmas season. And once again, it's just, you know, your quintessential Cranium track, just beautifully sung pretty edgy and naughty <laughs> but wonderful so yeah just real quick those are my three songs this week the vow by timida kolo uh cold war by cautious play and in charge by cranium so I have 22 songs for you this week, and the first one is a song called Makoma by Papo Oh yes! I love that song. Yeah, it's, it's a bit old, it's from yeah. 2017, but I first heard it a couple of weeks ago, and I loved it. Oh yeah, it's, it's a great song. Dope, dope song. I think we've talked about Papi yeah, and Joey, for sure. So I'm not just, I know, so please let's not go into all that. But Makuma is a really, really good song. You should go check it out. The second song that I have for you is from Young L. And the song is designed. I love you. You know, I love you. Oh, God. You know, we both listen. I don't understand. It's disgusting. I don't understand. Why is he not famous? He's probably my top, like, no, he's amazing. What was his last album? Really, really, really. Finally, Better Late Than Never. Better late than never like, yeah. Go listen. Listen, I it's featured a song of his on here, but that yeah, was last season. Yeah. Go listen to Better Late Than Never. Honestly, it's like a it's a no skip album. Really, me. like really? legitimately. I, I'm such a huge fan of this. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, talk about tangents. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so the song is called Designer, and like I said, from Young L. The song is from about 
good and um, we've talked about him on here before as well I mean he followed his mom to church she introduced him to the drama and uh, yeah he's just a very talented and uh, it was good rep boys um, so uh, I, I can't remember the other one. There were three of them. The other one also making the open Not BOJ. Oh, I can see his face kind of. I'm so sorry. But he's all, just look them up. Rip Boys. The second, the third guy disappeared. The third artist, he was the rapper in the group, and that is um, Ice Prince's younger brother. And then the second, the two, Young L and the other guy were singers, and both of them are still making music, and they're all doing very well. And we see great tracks, so check them both out. But yeah, Young L, he's amazing. I mean, you guys, I think he went to med school, and then he realized, yeah, he went to medical school. So he's, he's, you know, a, a sharp brain, <laughs> and but he realized he didn't. Uh, it wasn't for him, so he had to do that difficult decision where he's like, uh, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm going to make dance hall tracks or whatever, which you know, <laughs> awkward conversation. But I'm so grateful he stuck it out because again, he's a beautiful, he's beautiful amazing. music, absolutely. And I'm sorry that I can't remember the other guy's name because I'm a big fan of his. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are my two okay. songs. Makuma, Pakikojo, Kojo, Makuma, Pakikojo, Fishing, Jomi B, and Young L Designer. Wonderful. <laughs> right. Okay, so I have a doozy of a what the F this week. So, and we're off to Uganda. Now, I feel like Uganda has been wilding of late. <laughs> I feel like a lot of what the F is coming out of Uganda. So. Of the Dano. Um, and also, I need to put a disclaimer here. This is not in any way, shape, or form a trans bashing type of what the F. Not that I'm sure some of you won't care because mm -hmm. haters, but <laughs> for those of us with sensitivity to LGBTQ, what are, what, there's more, there's, there's, more, <laughs> there's yeah, more. This is not about that at all. Okay. So a Ugandan imam got the shock of his life. Did you see That's that? Yeah, like, I got married to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got the shock of his life after discovering that his newlywed wife was in fact a man. <laughs> now uh, the imam called Muhammad Mutumba said he had gone to the mosque as usual one Friday for prayers, and according to him, he spotted a beautiful lady there in her <laughs> in her hijab. And um, he said he was, since he was already looking for someone to marry, when he saw this lady, he told her he was captivated by her beauty and he loved her and he was interested in getting married to her. Now, she said her name was Swebula <laughs> Na Na Nabukira. Swebula Nabukira. So he saw Swebula and he's like, I love you. I want to marry you. Just like that. And she too, she said, Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but she said there would be no nookie nookie, no, no sexy times no. until he went and saw her family and paid the dowry and they exchanged their marriage vows. So Mohammed was like telling him for seal this thing, lock this thing down sharply. And um, so he went and got his dowry together within a week and presented it at the home of Swebula and presented it to Swebula's aunt. Nura, who has now been arrested for oh. complicit complicity in this thing, and she's she's professing her innocence. She said she has she had no idea, which yes. I doubt it. I doubt. says 
because that is truly her nephew niece so for her to say she had no idea that's a bit of a stretch but anyway so muhammad in his diary presented two goats two bags of sugar three cans or packets of biscuits uh, a carton of salt and a quran and so they got married and moved into muhammad's house into separate bedrooms because this is a key factor they moved into separate bedrooms of his two-bedroom house so muhammad said that they were unable to consummate the marriage because swebula said for two weeks that she was on her period. period now poor muhammad clearly doesn't know anything about women's biology because two weeks two weeks though but anyway he, being the loving husband, agreed to wait patiently until she was ready. So everything was going fine until things took a curious turn when a neighbor claimed to have seen the new Mrs. Mutumba climb the wall <laughs> into his house and steal the television oh and clothing. <laughs> so, oh so this neighbor went and reported to the police. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so they arrested Swebula. Who was at this point still wearing, you know, uh, jalabia? Was it still still wearing women's clothing? So, as of course, it's customary to search uh, search prisoners before putting them at counter back, as we like mm -hmm. to say. It was during the search that they discovered there was an unusual package on Swebula <laughs> in the. <laughs> This, of course, being a whole penis, okay? So at that point, they contacted the husband, or he was already out there, mm -hmm. and uh, told him to come, and he didn't want to believe it, but of course, seeing is believing. So that's when he found out that his new bride is, in fact, a man called Richard. <laughs> oh, Richard. <laughs> Richard Tumushabe, who is 27. So Richard confessed that he was duping Muhammad to get access to Muhammad's money. Wow. Um, and so, and I was like, wow, surely Lord, that's, that's doing you're much. doing the most. Getting married. I mean, but I guess, Charlie, he got his dowry out of the two goats <laughs> and what salt and whatnot. That is insane. He moved into a house, free rent, two-bedroom house, cute vibe. But I guess it wasn't enough, so that's why I had to go and steal oh. a television, mm. climb the wall and steal a television from the neighbor. And you have to wonder how long he was going to pull this con off. This period wasn't going to last for a year, yes, or how, how was that going to work? Another excuse, probably. I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so the state prosecutor in the case said, and I quote: "The youth should find better means to earn a living <laughs> <laughs> instead of engaging in such." stupid acts and no true words have ever been spoken like let's get it together please and again why i was saying that this is not a trans bashing thing is i do believe based on his confession that it's not as though he identifies as a woman or something like that he was literally trying to pull off a very elaborate and rather stupid scam um on this on this muhammad who has since been suspended as an imam oh, because, because they said you uh, you can't be an imam if this you're married to a man so oh, no <laughs> it's not his fault but didn't he know i i mean listen when he was going on about this beauty because they show pictures of richard Is and beauty beauty like <laughs> beautiful richard like no <laughs> that i mean unless this guy 
maybe she was wearing a veil the whole time or whatever because i mean he basically looked like a dude <laughs> and his makeup skills were highly lacking next time richard go on youtube and step your makeup skills up if you're trying to but it did work this is a by the way this is a small like village type setting i think that's why half the you couldn't try this in a city no, they'll catch no, you no, on no, day no, one. one time one time but um yeah i think people were a bit naive and um didn't see that coming so i guess that's how he got away with it for however many weeks three weeks maybe or something. the mom was also desperate so he was not even seeing he i was, know he said he was on the hunt for a while yeah, so, so he saw and he and was willing like, you know you. Like, yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah that's my what the f wow, this week wow, okay. <laughs> so in my what the f i'm talking about the bizarre rnb airbnb experience hmm. now airbnbs can either be a hit or a miss and I had a, an experience where we stayed at an Airbnb oh and, we, and we had an we had an extra visitor, an extra ferry visitor the whole time. I mean, online the the place looked like beautiful, but then when you got in there, yeah, extra visitor paying nothing. But that's a story for another day. Now, in this story, a twenty-six-year-old man um, went to New York and was alarmed at the request of his Airbnb hostess. So he gets there after a long flight, he's tired and he just wants to sleep, as, as you feel. Now, he fell asleep only to wake up to the note of the Airbnb um, hostess. And the, she said he needed to keep the room clean and free of odor. Well, seems okay. Right? okay. But then she added, uh, after your flight, you had a strong odor, yet you didn't take a shower before going to bed. As the owner, I am extremely displeased with this fact. So is this an Airbnb where the person is living there? I think that so. then she, she sort of rented yeah, it. Room a room kind think, of thing. Exactly. And then she sort of, I guess, he rented it out. Yeah, she so as she was Airbnb. on the premises or she was somewhere else? I don't know. Because how does she know he didn't take a shower and all this? Maybe she was close by. Maybe. Maybe she was close by. You didn't respect the cleanliness of my room. I might have to report to Airbnb. You <laughs> failed to keep up with the personal hygiene. <laughs> And lower the quality of my room. <laughs> now there are ways to to convey what you want, the, how you want the person to keep the room. This isn't it. I no. think this is very. It's so extremely rude, rude. And, demeaning, and if you're going to be so finicky about it, then just don't, don't rent, rent out yes. the room. This is not it. This is not. It. Yeah, there are people who just don't like to take a bath, and if you know you are allergic to such people, don't rent out mm -hmm. the room. This was just incredibly, incredibly rude from her. I think it's just, it's not, it's not done. I mean, listen, I, I have a sensitive nose, and sometimes, Charlie, the, the, the body odor can have you It's like a slap in the face. <laughs> but I don't think any of us go around telling strangers, no. can you not uh, go and use deodorant or get no, you stink? We don't no. do it's not I mean, done. unless we know you personally, we'll tell you. And even then, it's we'll an awkward conversation. Is, you're like, Charlie. It is. It is. Charlie, you're Charlie, today, Charlie. Uh, you, you know, try. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a nice way to do yes. it. Yes. It's just, I found it really terrible. That's, that's just a short, um, what the heck, don't do that. It's, it's rude. It's rude. But I think we do need, maybe we have to have a two pesos on how to have difficult hygiene conversations, uh, conversations mm. with people. Mm. Because really, how do you tell somebody, your co-worker, that, listen, your breath stinks. Stinks, yeah. Or you, your arm Or your pit. Or yeah. you, because some people, fresh in the morning, and that's the one that, like, early, 8 a.m. and you stink. How? How? What? What? Why? 
A lot of people like wearing if in this in this heat if you're wearing nylon and polyester that's know, the thing you, you also and all these cheap clothes tend to be polyester yes, and Auntie Polly she's she's a deceiver listen <laughs> it holds body odor like it could it's just terrible. it's disgusting sometimes really you even is. wash it and, and it's it still, still has yeah, the smell yeah. so. if you can afford the cotton just 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 use cotton over polyester mm -hmm. it's not it's not it's not and it's hot here, so yeah. Please, you know, take care, take care of yourself. It's important, right, so. and that's not what. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so my two pesos this week uh, is pretty short, um, and it's on dating red flags. Mm -hmm. Now, let me interrupt and say that the whole time. I kind of haven't been looking into the camera. I'm mm. so sorry. I've been looking at this red light, like it's hypnotizing me. No so I've been looking in the wrong place all episode long. So forgive me if you're watching on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Um, so I have four red flags to look out for you for today. Um, one of them is actually one we all know. And why I even decided to talk about this is that there are three more that I didn't realize they were names for. Mm. So I found that one amusing and quite informative. So let's get into it. So the first dating red flag is, like I said, the one we're probably most familiar with, ghosting. Oh my Yes. So ghosting is when the person you're talking to stops responding to calls and messages and seemingly vanishes off the face of the earth mm. now i would say that after three or four days of somebody ghosting you just that's just consider that a loss mm. you know just cut them off because i think unless like let me put it this way if you've been if you vanished for more than three days and you decide to pop up again i better see a hospital <laughs> a doc something mm. you better have been in a if car accident your something something and you're gonna have to come with receipts if you say you're in a car accident you better show me a crash site <laughs> if you were sick you better show me the the diagnosis of malaria or whatever because it's extremely rude and there's no amount of busyness rude. in the world it's like rude. you even the president could have responded within three days so if somebody ghosts you it's a sign that they don't respect you mm -hmm. and they they don't consider your feelings and because it doesn't take much just to say hi i've been very very busy mm. so sorry that i yeah. can't really. that is it and you know that all right this person is swamped things are not you know it's not the usual so you can just chill out now this whole thing of disappearing leads right into uh second my second uh dating red flag and this one is called zombieing <laughs> So zombieing is when the ghost <laughs> comes back from the dead <laughs> with a random message out of the blue. So let's say, listen, <laughs> look, I have lived this. I have so. And it is the most annoying thing in the world. And people love to be zombies these days. So yes, um, when your ghost comes back <laughs> with a message like, oh, hey, and typically, in my experience, they act like nothing is that's wrong. Happened, that's, the, that's the worst bit of what so I So it's like, am I insane or are you insane? Because <sighs> I sent you, and I don't like to send, I'm one of those people, I'll call you once and you get two messages mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, hey, hey yeah. good morning. Mm -hmm. Hey, where are you? Point, I'll where, stop. No, no. So they, t so you know, your ghost. It'll be a week, two weeks, sometimes, whatever, and they're just like, "Oh, hey, babes." I'm like, "Ah, who is your one? Who is your babes here?" Like, let's listen. 
take it from me, end the vicious cycle of ghosting and zombieing as soon as possible. If they They're do it once, Honestly, thank you. Yeah. If they do it once, just know that they'll do it again. Because again, as, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason why in that time you couldn't have sent some type of message or some type of really quick call saying things are crazy here. Yeah, I'm busy, but I'll, I'll get talk back to you. Yes. It's so simple. I just need a couple of days or whatever. I'm so Jeez. sorry. It is the 10 seconds of effort, one minute of effort. So yeah, that is the second dating red flag and those two go hand in hand. Look out for the ghosts and look out for the zombies. And we've all watched, I think, Walking Dead <laughs> or some type of zombie movie. Yeah. You know what to do with a zombie. Cut off the head. Mm stab it in the brains and kill it once and for all let it Simple. go it's not let it worth go. it nope. all right now oh so i was also going to say it seems the trend of zombieing peaks during christmas <laughs> you're just there and suddenly hey thinking of you act if you don't clear off like <laughs> just wanted to say happy new year i hope things are back good good we don't need your greeting we don't need it we'll keep it Anyway, so that's dating red flag number two. Um, dating red flag number three is called breadcrumbing. Oh, I was going to talk about that. Oh, really? I was going to this with yeah. but then in the work-related. Oh, area. I see. Wow, look at that. Fancy that. Look at that. So, and I wonder if it's the same thing, but it might be. Okay, so breadcrumbing is, again, when this person that you've been talking to sends random, non-committal, mm -hmm you know, text or messages that go nowhere, yeah. right? So he's always on the phone, he always talks to you, etc. But there's never any next step kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, what's up? Hi, did you watch that show? Hi. Mm -hmm. But there's never any, okay, so when, when would you like to hang out? Should mm -hmm. we go for dinner? Should we go for the movies? I'd like to see you. It's just... You know, doing enough to keep you enough to keep you stringing strong along, along exactly. and that's exactly what, what it is, is yes. keeping is stringing you along um so that you know they know that you know you're on the you're on the roster and that's going to tie into my last dating red flag which is called benching so benching is basically the sister to breadcrumbing where um the person again is very communicative this time um, <clears throat> but um, somehow again so it's basically saying that they want to have you on the bench now if you're being and so they keep you again strung along you know texting calling often and it's not as sporadic as breadcrumbing mm -hmm. because breadcrumbing is just sporadic texts every holiday for sure you'll get a message mm -hmm. just every hey hope your day was good then you'll be like oh, it was and then there'll be no follow-up mm -hmm. or good morning and you're like good morning and then you don't hear anything and then they'll be like good night some of you are mad some of you are mad <laughs> truly truly that is bright coming i didn't describe it properly just text like that you're like ah then keep your good morning then hey hope you're having a good day then you're like i am what are you up to and then, then nothing then you don't hear anything. Then two days later, sorry, um, I hope all is well. And you're like, just look, cut off the breadcrumbers. Because what a breadcrumber is doing is, again, point four, 
trying to have you on his bench. So benching is they'll and then they'll step up. A benching requires a bit more than breadcrumb type mm. conversation. That's one they'll ask you about your day, actually listen, actually respond, actually interact. To the point where you're thinking, oh wow, there's something here. But there'll never be any, oh, should we go check out this concert together or nothing. Mm. So what you can glean from, from, from somebody that is trying to bench you is that he has a starting team, okay? Mm. That means there is a main person who he's trying to work things out with, mm. but in case that doesn't pan yeah. out, yeah, he wants to step right into your situation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he wants to sub, sub you in from the bench yeah. without any period of oh now I have to go look You're for worth another. More than that. You are don't cut and, him off. Or cut and it's off. not too hard to tell. That's the sad yeah. thing. Like we are instincts kick in pretty Listen. early, and we're just like oh <laughs> no, because no, maybe, can't be like and I'm being too extreme, and that's why I don't have a man because mm. they say I'm too difficult. Cut him I'm off. Cut her off. And I don't know. You, we know when these things are occurring, and we try and make because we're most of us are so gracious, mm -hmm. or we try, try to make and sense of, we try to rationalize, rationalize for them. But no, because don't try and rationalize somebody's stupid behavior. They're being stupid. Just take it like that mm -hmm. and cut them off. So, just to summarize, the four, four, and there are many more, of course. Mm -hmm. One being. He only hangs out with you late at night. <laughs> Even if you were benched and you think you've progressed because yeah. now he's hanging out, but he only calls you at 10.30. Mm. It means he has a whole situation going on mm. during the day. You're for after hours. Like, there's so many signs like that. But for now, these are the four. Ghosting, zombieing, breadcrumbing, and benching. And I so that's, that's it. it. And just to add, I was having a chat with my girlfriend. I'm sure I've had this talk with you mm. as well. And... We're talking about dating, and she said, well, and it's on, this is on Twitter a lot as well, that if you're dating somebody, these days you have to ask, are you dating somebody? Mm. Is somebody dating you? Because some of you out here, boy. It's like, <laughs> it's like you ask, are you single? And he's like, yes. Does your girlfriend know you're, you're single? single? Like, it's yes, like, does anyone else agree that you're single? Because is it just you independently single? Because, huh? It's, it's just madness out there. too much it's, craziness. Mm -hmm. And me, I'm all over people's socials. Like, if I'm talking to they'll you... you. They block you. They don't block you. So you don't see what's going on. No, that's a red flag, right? If you're like, oh, I'm not really on social. Mm -hmm. I need to see who you're posting there and what you're posting. Even if it's not women-related, maybe you're there posting, Trump will save America or something. I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> people hide too much about themselves yes. it's just you know it's just wrong, hmm. it's just really wrong. so anyway <laughs> yeah that's not good that's good so my two questions today is on alcohol hmm. and it's stop drinking so damn much hmm. now i saw an article recently about a sober bar in brooklyn so they basically don't serve alcohol and i thought yeah maybe this is a good time to talk about drinking too much mm -hmm. Now, alcohol is a powerful psychoactive. It makes people, it can make people aggressive, it can calm people down, it has different effects on different people. And, but the question is always, what is the aim of you drinking yourself into street Like, hmm. what, is, what, what, what is the goal of you drinking so much that you're rolling on the floor, hmm. that you pass out, that you're driving and you go and hit somebody? What is the aim? Like, what is, what is the aim? 
And of course, it's it's a social thing to to drink to drink. I mean, it's, it's you get together, you have a few drinks, and that's okay. But when you start binging and you start um, threatening the lives or endangering rather the lives of other people, you have a problem. Yeah. Um, if you have to tell people that, oh, for me, oh, I have to drink so much before I get a hangover. You're already on the, you know, you're already into the, you're already in, heading into the zone of you've, you've got problems. You've got problems. And the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism says that sometimes your genes are also responsible for how much alcohol you, you actually consume. So if you have a parent who, who, who used a lot of alcohol, who, who drinks a lot of alcohol, then you're very susceptible to also mm. drinking a lot. If you feel you're drinking too much, you, you might need to get help. The fact is, and we all know this, that alcohol is toxic to the body. We know this. It will wear down your organs, your health, your appearance. Uh, you may lose your bearings. I've already talked about driving drunk. You may not mm -hmm. kill yourself. You may end up killing somebody else. And your relationship may be strained. Your sex life may be strained as well. Alcohol might not be as beneficial as you might think. As me, I'm going to drink mm -hmm. these bitters. I'm going to drink this alcohol. It's going to help me. No, actually, no, it's not going to help you. Um, your liver, your liver is going to suffer. Your liver is probably groaning under the stress of having to process so much alcohol all the time, right? Uh, you could also you could also weaken the muscles of your heart. Like basically, yeah. it's an all-around thing. Your central nervous system. You've got people who drink and then they start slurring their speech. That's your brain and your body not being able to coordinate. Please stop drinking so damn much. You want to stay alive, please. <laughs> I know sometimes we it, it, it happens to the best of us. Like yeah. you are the setting, you're drinking, and you're like you just forget yourself. It can happen. But if this is something that you do constantly or you need to stop it's it's not good for you it really really isn't so please cut down on your drinking yeah. have, a, have a drink every now and then it's not right but stop binging and acting crazy it's not cute it's, it's not, not cute. cute now this is this could have been my sub oh really so no, I don't confessional i went to a uh, let's just say a white people college right so my university experience you know that expression, white girl wasted? It is a real phenomenon. <laughs> Let me just tell the stories I could tell you. Mm -hmm. And I'm also one of those people who metabolizes alcohol extremely quickly. Mm -hmm. So I can basically drink anyone under a table. And, um, but then over time, no one, the difference is no one had to tell me. Mm -hmm. As I got older, older, when I finished college, and then you have those first couple of years where you're making money, mm -hmm. and so you're living your best life, <laughs> it, after a while, you really do start feeling it. Your body will tell you, yeah. look. You're doing too much. Like, yes. you start, like, my, at one point, like, I could feel, I was like, oh, is that my liver talking to me? Like, mm -hmm. and then, of course, I'm the, like, I'm quite reserved. I don't know. Can't really tell, but I'm in my element here because this is my. But I'm not the most social person. So for me, I'm I'm only a social drink. I won't be sitting at home drinking. But I would let definitely. I need a couple of cocktails, and then I go through the phase where I go. I get you know my happy phase, and then I start talking loudly. And for me, I always know when my bottom lip goes numb, it's time to stop. If I continue after that. Then we're heading into like whatever territory and then invariably because alcohol is actually a depressant at one point I have just started crying like oh you have that phase where 
It's just that I love you guys so much. <laughs> and it's really, it's truly not cute because people are like, oh my God. Mm. And having been, again, because I am able to like just handle a lot of liquor, I ended up being the default chaperone mm. for many, many, many drunk people. And it is just annoying they're useless they need to be carried you're cleaning up people's vomit yeah they're passing out they're making out with people they don't know so you have to go and pull them away all sorts like and we're at this stage now i think maybe by 28 really even that should all be out of your yeah, system yeah, you should be able to go have one or two drinks and call it a day but again i'm also aware that in some societies and Ghana being one not drinking is seen as yes, oh, odd, especially know? for men. It's like, oh, you do come on, have a guinea's now. What you like? Let's have a couple of beers. And every day after work, everyone needs to go have you know five, six guineas no, every no, no, single no, 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 day. No, no, no. That, that's and not then on the weekend, it goes up boys, to ten. Boys and things. and yes. that's why people have all these guts and like you can see their sclera. Is that what it's called? The sclera, the white part of the mm. eye, is constantly red. They're just, you can tell people are actually quite unhealthy. Yeah, your face is bloat up. Yes, they have alcohol that. bloat. Yes. And it's just a thing. Like, there's so many, a few guys that I know who don't drink. They're just, they, it's like they're calling you whack mm. if you don't drink. Mm. They're like, you yeah, have to yeah, be yeah, a yeah. real My man. My brother like, gets that because he doesn't drink like, like, like oh, what do you mean? Thing, be don't be pressure or, people. Don't. Don't be, please don't do that. It's, it's not cool. I had a friend in the States who would have to, like, get drinks and say oh yeah it's vodka but it's water that or pressure. it's mm -hmm. coke and so he'll say oh yeah it's a henny and coke or whatever just because people were we'll making him feel yeah. weird no. when he went out they're like we're all drinking you're gonna be la 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 so i like the idea of a sober bar but it shouldn't exist you mm. shouldn't need to be made to feel awkward just because you don't drink you know yeah. indulge it's mm. nonsense and it is unhealthy for it you. really and is the older you get the more you feel each drink you drink and which is why i'm just like mm. I'm like a little Miss Wine now, and after, well, I want to say two, but, but after, <laughs> I won't give you the number, but after a couple, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's enough. enough. And here, again, the police don't don't monitor drunk driving, so people, after their 10 guineas, will be They're like, all right, driving. Charlie, are they go house, and literally just sit in their cars and go. It's 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 terrible. It's terrible. So yeah. I'm glad you brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I'm glad you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I drink, you drink, but let's just regulate how much we drink. Yes. You, you shouldn't have to binge all the no, time. because that means something day. is wrong. There's yeah. a reason, like I said, for me, it was because it was hard for me to socialize mm. and talk to people and alcohol kind of loosened me up a bit. Yeah. But then again, as you get older, you should be more confident in mm. yourself. Mm. You should not need any help to do things, especially not from alcohol, mm. more or less mm. so. Yeah, so that's, that's my two yeah. questions about on alcohol. Okay, okay, then. And so yes. it's a wrap for this week, and uh, we'll see you all next week. And again, bye. sorry, I've been staring in the wrong place the whole time. And I right, see you. See ya. Bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe, and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.